I thought it was riding, didn't you? <laughs> program the local food roundup i'm chris lapalia and i'm ann bows we're here to bring you our ongoing series of news views and interviews about local food here on the palouse in our last program we interviewed small dairy operators from our region and had wonderful feedback on those in this program we've interviewed two more local dairiers from twin creek farm and brush creek creamery let's hear what they had to say mm-hmm. I'm here with Tiffany Correll and also her sons Elliot and Colton. She is the owner along with her husband Mark Correll um, and operator of Twin Creeks Farm in Princeton, Idaho. They can usually be found at the Moscow Farmers Market selling their raw milk, cheese and eggs every Saturday. Tiffany, how long have you been doing this? Well, I've been selling at the Farmers Market for about three years. Mm -hmm. So we've been in business for about three years and um, course making cheese goes back a little further but not very much further than that so okay now tell me how you got started because I know you're working with one jersey correct correct so I guess the history is um, five years ago I got pregnant with my first and uh, my husband and I decided that I was going to stay at home and raise uh, Colton our first and we decided that I needed something to do in addition to having a kid around. And so we decided to purchase a Jersey cow and some chickens. And I guess the rest kind of went from there. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I know you've got the one Jersey and a heifer. Correct. She just had her first heifer. We're very excited. Okay. (laughs) Um, This would be her third calf. So we've been waiting for a while now. Okay. And you have... Chickens, too? We do. We have 120 chickens, laying hens only. Okay. Okay. That's a lot of eggs. A lot of eggs. A lot of milk. (laughs) (laughs) And let's see. Was there something else? Uh, You you sell raw milk. We do sell raw milk. So you do the cheese and raw milk. Correct. Yeah, we are under the Idaho raw milk permit. Okay. Now, that's how you got into it. But along the way, it can't have been that smooth. Oh, no. No. I think everything kind of comes comes and goes at a cost. Um, I guess everything kind of builds on each other. We knew we wanted a cow. We knew we did not want goats. And we started with 26 chickens, and our numbers have fluctuated in and above 100 at a time. Um, you know, we slowly built our outbuildings for our animals. We've Moved our chicken coops 20 times. <laughs> uh, they used to be free range, now they're pastured, and I mean, everything just as we just have to try everything out, get our feelers out there, yeah. and adapt. You know, adapt, definitely. Farm life is adapt- adapting, the yes. adaptable life. Yep. So, which, which of those were the most challenging hurdles? Probably the cow. I've never been around cows my, li- my whole life. Um, I had chicken, or I sorry, I had to 
horses in high school. Uh -huh. But of course, in high school, you're doing your own high school girl thing, and the last thing you want to do is take care of horses. So my mother would take care of the horses, and I would go off with my friends. So, um, yeah, I grew up in a suburb of Denver, so I knew nothing of farm life. And But I've always been a hard worker, and I've always known that I've wanted, wanted to work outdoors and never indoors, staring at a screen my whole life. Mm -hmm. So just kind of... Bought 15 acres, which is Twin Creeks Farm. Had a kid, bought a cow, bought some chickens. <laughs> and you can say voila. <laughs> okay. You've done a lot of work, though. And I, I've seen your offices and your, your your sheds, and they've been refurbished a lot. Now, that's due, I, I know, to Mark a great yes. deal. Yes. <laughs> Mark is my construction worker. Yes. Okay. He's my uh, go-to guy when I need anything done. Definitely. That's handy to have. Very handy. <laughs> <laughs> Very handy. There's really no farming, though, without somebody doing that. Very correct, yeah. Otherwise, I would probably just hire out, and I would definitely not have a farm or a business because I wouldn't be able to afford anything. Oh. So we've recycled old buildings into new buildings, and we've cut wood on our property and milled it into slabs and made it into barns. I mean, we've mm -hmm. done as much as we can quote-unquote, recycling mm -hmm. products on our farm. You've done a lot of it, I can see. And, and to raise 120, 25 chickens, mm -hmm. did you say? Mm -hmm. That's a lot of chickens. So you've gone from free-range, but 125 chickens free-range would be hard to do. So uh, with now... a coyote population, yes. Oh, especially. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so you, you've got to this point... You're, you're selling raw milk, mm -hmm. cheese. What kind of cheese? It's all fresh, unpasteurized cheese. So okay. raw um, milk cheese. Yep, it's all raw milk cheese based off of our permit. So is it aged? It is not aged. Um, our feta is brined for 30 okay, days. it's feta. Uh -huh. so it's feta and then um, something we call bove, which is this very smooth, creamy, textured cheese in six flavors. And then our formaggio cremoso, which is equivalent to a cream cheese. Okay, yeah. okay. And where are you going? I mean, you've got this core set of products, mm -hmm. but where do you go? Now, for the listeners, they may not know that you're limited to three cows. Correct. Correct. So how does that take you? How does a small farmer expand so that you can make a livelihood? So right now, obviously, the, the key to any business is the add-ons for the milk and cheese business. The, the cheese makes the money. So that's why we're now at the farmer's market for our third year. Um, we're at the co-op. We're at um, Rose Hours and Huckleberry section. And then we're at the Pie Safe, as well as Camas Prairie Winery. So we've Started with milk, and then I moved into the cheese because that's where the profitability is. Mm -hmm. And so right now about half of our um, milk total goes into cheese making, and then the other half goes into bottling for customers. Okay. So that's just based off of you know, my setup in our canning kitchen, which is where I make all the cheese. And um, basically I don't want to have to make cheese seven days a week. I cannot make cheese seven no, days no, a week. Not with two kids. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> not with two kids. So um, it's it's a the blessing that I'm able to sell my raw milk in bottles to offset the time needed to make this fresh raw cheese. 
um, another thing listeners may not know is that the only way most farmers can make it is to do what you've just described, um, what I call value added. Mm -hmm. um, so if you raise barley, you make beer. You can't just make the money off of the commodity. Correct. So you're, you're selling the commodity of raw milk, but if you relied on that alone, I'm guessing that your profits would be pretty limited. Very limited. Okay. And I think that has to deal with, you know, growing this business because at first I wanted to just sell raw milk. I wanted to mm -hmm. deliver door to your doorstep raw milk, which is what I do every week, but, I mean, I'm limited by the amount of milk that I'm able to deliver, and that's due to the needed cheese sales for our business. And mm -hmm. it's a struggle every day to find that balance of, well, I have to cut off some milk customers because I need to make more cheese in order to make this a profitable business. Now, on your website, um, I remember seeing that you have an orchard and all. So do you have a, a long-term plan to expand and be more of a diversified farm? Definitely, definitely. I think that comes with, once again, profitability for a business. I'm especially a small-time well, family farm like we are you know, and you're limited you're only allowed to expand so much in your dairy correct so that once again like you said up to three cows um, with that being said it's just me and I do have the two young children so mm -hmm. that's why I choose to make the fresh cheese instead of the pressed cheese where I don't have to wait for the aging process because it's a lot easier to make the fresh cheese with two kids mm -hmm. during the day versus you know the pressed cheese which could go wrong over you know six months to two years while during the aging process and it's just a lot easier to do the fresh cheese as well as you know just keeping the milk um, um, fresh you know being able to use the fresh milk into the cheese as soon as possible within the 48 hours that we try to Thanks for talking to me today. I, I wanted to, it, you've got me thinking that you've got a website that people may not know, and I'll, I'll give it to them right now, twincreeksfarmidaho.com. Is that right? You've got an interesting story there. It's worth looking at if, if people want to know a little bit more about how a small farm family uh, goes about this with one cow. Thanks for interviewing me. Yeah, thank you so much, Ann. Mm -hmm. We're here at Brush Creek Creamery with Rebecca Salmeri, an award-winning cheesemaker. I'm going to start over. We're here, and first of all, how do you say this? Brush Creek Creamery. Crick. Oh, we say, I say Creek. Okay. <laughs> there, the locals say Crick. <laughs> I know, but I don't know. A lot of locals say Crick, but. That's fine. I used to hear it from my grandmother as Crick, but I was down in Southern California, so it's Creek. That's fine. Okay. We're here at Brush Creek Creamery with Rebecca Salmeri, an award-winning cheesemaker here in Deary, Idaho. They sell a wide variety of cheeses from feta to brie to cheddar. So welcome, Rebecca. Thank, Thank you, you for doing this interview with us. Um, You're welcome. How long have you been doing this? Well, I started about 20 years ago. Um, I grew up on a farm in Texas. and. Uh, a group of families lived together on some property and we shared some milk cows and uh, one spring there was so much milk that they were throwing it away. There was I went down to the walking cooler, there was a hundred uh, gallon jars of 
milk from the Jersey cows, and they were just having to toss it. So it really inspired me. I was only 19 at the time. It inspired me to start experimenting. And um, we just started on our kitchen stovetop making butter, uh, mozzarella. With good Jersey. Yeah, very cream. good Jersey, high cream content milk. And then uh, my brothers made me a cheese press. We got some dowels and plywood and an old gallon tomato can and banged holes in it and used a disposable pie plate to catch the whey and got some barbells at Walmart and <laughs> pressed our first wheel of pepper jack cheese. And then uh, after that, it just grew. We started selling it at farmer's markets down this, there. Down in Texas. Down in Texas, yes. What and, part um, of Texas, by the way? We were in central Texas, between Dallas and Austin. Okay. And... Um, so my cousin came to visit from Colorado in 2005, and he needed a job, and so I told him I always wanted to start a cheese business, and he helped me get it off the ground. So we got a 36-gallon soup cauldron, and we just started making cheese in one of the community kitchens there, and um, began selling at farmer's markets in our annual Thanksgiving fall festival, and um, it just grew from there. Some chefs started buying the cheese, and... So it was really in 2005 that we started Brazos Valley Cheese, and that has grown to be a company now that sells cheese all over the country. They make 400-gallon uh, batches of cheese a day in that facility still. Okay, and that was what you started with your cousin? Yeah, that's it. We started it, went from the kitchen stovetop to the 36-gallon soup cauldron. Then we got a 200-gallon vat, and now they make 400 gallons a day. Um, we built an underground cheese cave um, we started participating in the American Cheese Society Conference. That's an annual organization that meets in a different state each year. They've been going for over 30 years. And um, it was at that time that I met, it was in 2009, I met a French cheese consultant at that conference. And the next year we hired him to come out and he taught us how to make blue and brie. And ever since we started using his recipe, we started winning awards on it. So we started back, our first awards were in 2010. He really knew what he was doing, and we've won first, second, and third place on the brie cheese for many years. And I saw that on your website. You have a blue cheese that I can't remember what you call it. Well, we have the orchard blue, orchard and we blue. yes, we dip that in apple cider for three days before we age it, and that's our own apple cider. Sounds and good. That's why we call it orchard blue, and that won first place. Mm -hmm. And um, so in 2012, my husband and I got married, and we wanted to move to the northwest. We had some friends who had moved here already from Texas and they had started a dairy here in here in the town of Deary and they were real small. They were selling at local farmers market and so we came to help them and um, we started just we had five Jersey cows and we had the small herd exemption. We would just milk three at a time mm -hmm. from the farm there and sell at the Moscow farmers market and then about a year and a half ago we were able to purchase this building here in town. It's an old brick building that used to be a, a repair shop, a Ford showroom. It's been different things over the years. It was built in the early 20s. One of the bakery customers that I just saw out in the lobby there told me that, that he remembered coming in yes. when it was a repair shop when he was a boy. Yep. So we got it. Uh, we bought it about, I think it was October a year ago, You know, almost two years ago now. And it was full of years and years of junk and antique cars. We completely gutted it, poured concrete floors, a lot of restoration went into it. And so, who did most of the restoration? Was that your family or? Um, it's quality contractors here in okay. Deary. There's a, about five families involved. 
that helped with the project, and it was really a group effort. So they just all the guys worked together, and mm -hmm. uh, we've opened up the one section is the Pie Safe Bakery. That's mm -hmm. the room you came into first, and we we took the old safe that was part of the Ford the Ford showroom had this old safe encased in bricks, and we turned that into a brick oven. So we call it the Pie Safe. And then okay. we have the uh, gift shop with lots of crafts made by local people here in the community. Everything from quilts to beeswax candles to handwoven dish towels, uh, a handmade canoe, fire starters, pine yep. yeah, lots lots of different handmade items, hand spun wool. And then you can, from the gift shop, you can look through an observation window into the creamery. And that's where we make the cheese. We got a custom-made vat made in the Netherlands. It's 200-gallon plus our two 50-gallon vats. And we have three walk-in aging coolers back there, and that's where all the cheese is made. So since we have more room in this new building, we were able to up our production. So we've gone beyond using the three cows we started with. We actually get milk from a, a dairy in Othello, Washington. We drive. My husband drives three hours every Monday morning goes to Othello, gets the milk for the week, brings it back, and we so make cheese. So how many do you, are you out of the milking business? Do you have your own animals now? Currently, we're not using our own cows. We're, okay. we, when, we, we, when we went to grade A, we had to get it from a certified grade A or, you know, dairy. So mm -hmm. we're using this dairy in Othello. Our goal is to have our own dairy. It just takes a lot of work. We're working in working Well, in the last that. five years, you've done quite a bit. Yes. So in five years, here you are. Yes. So in the future, you would like to. Yes, have your own we'd jerseys. like to. Yes, go back to yeah, our own jerseys. Oh. Uh, Jersey Brown Swiss is the cross we'd like to use. Mm -hmm. It's a little challenging in this area. The winters are quite harsh, and the cows have to go, you know, be in an enclosed barn in the winter and have lots of hay. So it, it's definitely challenging, but it can be done, and mm -hmm. that's our next goal. And is, yeah, I have few cows myself so I, I know that's a challenge getting through the winter with good hay especially exactly. for dairy yeah yeah um, but here you are you've come this far you've got this nice product um, I know you make blue feta brie cheddar have I missed one well we make quite a few hard cheeses we kind of rotate we don't have all of them all the time okay. um, we've been making gouda and we built a smokehouse out back here we like to smoke the Gouda over walnut shells. Mm -hmm. We do roasted garlic Montasio. We started doing morel Montasio. Montasio is an old Italian monastery recipe. It's similar to Swiss, but it's been very popular, and the morel Montasio is incredible. Okay. So we, we get mushrooms in the spring and make that. We started making a huckleberry Havarti. Um, we do a Southwest Leicester, which is an English-style cheese with chipotles, green chili, smoked salt, garlic, dried tomatoes. So. We like to rotate. Chefs don't like using the same cheese forever. You have to kind of mm -hmm. keep changing and coming up with new things because they like to change their menus. They're, you know, you don't. But you have a, a consistent base. Yes, we have yes, we cheddar. Yeah, we always have cheddar, Montasio, feta, the brie, and the blue. So in Texas, we used to make a brie that we would wrap with mesquite, mesquite wood, and we would put a fig leaf on it. And we called, we called that Brazos Select because we lived along the Brazos River, and that won awards at the, at the conference there. Um, so when we moved to Idaho, we wanted to use the local bark that was edible, and um, so we found the mountain maple bark. 
So we, we take a brie, we wrap it with mountain maple bark, and we put a grape leaf on it from the Coulter's Creek Winery down in Kendrick. And so that we entered that last year, and that won first place in all of North America in the brie category. That's, and uh, that's then again, great. we entered it again this year, and it won first place again. So that's been very popular. And then we won second place on the Clearwater Select, which is a brie with a line of vegetable ash in the middle, and it's wrapped in grape leaves. Mm-hmm. And then our plain brie came in third place. So those are very, very hard to keep stocked. We have lots of demand for those. So you've got this dairy operation where you're, you're making a lot of cheese now. You've done this in five years. Um, how hard was it? I want to go back to your getting started here. Um, how hard was it? What, what was the investment that, you know, personally, um, economically, that you had to make in order to go from being just a raw milk dairy, which is just limited to three cows, to doing this very high-end um, creamery where you're processing and you have to meet a lot of regulations with the grade A system. Well, we just we complied. We had a, the inspector came up from Boise and told us what was required, and we really built our new facility according to the, what, how it's supposed to be. So it was nice. We didn't have to you know, go back and you didn't have to retrofit. Exactly. Yeah, okay. we just built it to, up to code from the beginning. The concrete floors, the floor drains, the tile up so far on the walls and all that. So. And you were able to go into it with partners. Yes, so that's that the thing. Like my husband and I couldn't have put the money out to do this by ourselves. So it's really nice to be able to be in a partnership with other families where they can work together. And and you're still here. You've got the Pie Safe Bakery, um, and then you have. I guess that's the two entities are. Yeah. So the there's bakery. the Pie Safe Bakery and then Brush Creek Creamery. So they're two different businesses. But that way you could um, share the costs. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And then quality contractors put out the money to renovate it all. And so, mm-hmm. you know, those three businesses just work together and it okay. works well. Good. Good. Now, that you've done that has been tremendous. But another part of business is people might not always think about this, but you've got to be able to distribute the product. Mm-hmm. And I do see you over at the farmer's market, but I, I have a feeling there's a whole lot yes. to that picture. Well, yes. Our, our, our best customer has been the Moscow Co-op. They've consistently bought our cheese for probably seven years now. They've been very good. And then, of course, the six months in the summer, we do the market. Mm -hmm. And then we distribute. um, We have a refrigerated truck that comes and picks up our cheese once a month and takes it to our facility in Texas because they have a lot. They're exposed to a lot more restaurants than we are in this area so you're doing interstate yes oh yes we can sell we have our grade a license we can sell anywhere in the country cross state lines anywhere so our company in texas distributes our blue our brie and our lobnay they do not make those three cheeses there okay so it works out well for both of us and i I don't know if i've told you but the the marinated lobnay is our number one best seller cheese across the board and, um, I have to try that one. I haven't tried oh, it yet. Oh, you have got to try it. People come okay. to the market and buy three, four jars at a time. They say we're here for our crack. <laughs> People love it. <laughs> but uh, some friends from Israel taught us how to make it. And you make yogurt, and then you drain it through cheesecloth so it's thick. It's like the consistency of cream cheese. Well, I call that yogurt cheese. Which yeah, is it's probably... yogurt cheese. It's okay. yeah, same thing. It's it's yeah, labneh is what they call it in the Middle East. 
Okay. So we spice it with garlic, salt, parsley, and we shape it into balls, and we put it in a, in a jar of olive oil. So you've got this, these balls of cheese in the olive oil, and then we put in a sprig of fresh rosemary, some peppercorns, dried red pepper, and it just gets better with age. It has a six-month shelf life. We keep it in the refrigerator, and it's delicious on pita bread, crackers, as a vegetable dip with carrot sticks, cucumber spears, and sounds great. chefs all over use it. And well, and that brings up something that we haven't gone into. You teach classes here. We you're do. a master cheesemaker yourself. You're award-winning. And I, I know I haven't taken any, but I've heard that you really do, you, you start with a soft cheese making yes, class we, and move forward. Yep, we started doing classes years ago at our facility in Texas. We've had students come from 25 different states to take classes there, and then when we moved here, we started doing the same thing here. Right now, the PiSafe Bakery offers um, classes in woodworking, canning, soap making, cheese making, baking. Um, we're going to expand to blacksmithing as soon as we get our shop finished. So those classes are available. You can go to the website and check out the available dates. We also distribute cheese via, we send cheese via Alaska Airlines to several different places in the country. We have a distributor in Boise. Mm -hmm. We sent, he distributes our cheese down there, Sweet Valley Organics. Um, we have Cream in the Crop in California distributes our cheese. So there's several accounts so that... You, you're getting out there. Yes. That's nice. A distributor in Massachusetts just picked us up that will distribute all on the East Coast. That's good. That That's um, all the better for the blues. Yes. Um, You've come this far, so finally you've been here and you've had challenges. What have been your biggest challenges for you know as being um, for being a small business operator? You know, probably just having getting the sales that we need. Um, you know, being in a local rural area, the market's great and local restaurants, but it wasn't quite enough to support the business. So it was a little hard when we were just doing the small herd exemption, just milking the three cows. It wasn't quite quite enough and we weren't allowed to sell across state lines so mm -hmm. now being grade A being able to sell across state lines really does it's help. giving you the advantage. Yeah and now we can participate because we're so close to Washington it was hard because there were places half an hour away that wanted our cheese and we had to say mm -hmm. no just because they were right. across state lines so now we can participate like in the Jim Custer show up in Spokane we go there in the right. in uh, March and in November and that's a huge three-day show that we do very very well at. So if you were doing a raw cheese product and you were back to the, the raw milk um, permit, you could not um, enter your cheeses in one of these uh, national contests? Is that correct? You could enter it, yes. You just couldn't sell it across state lines. Okay, so you yeah. would identify a market, but then you wouldn't be able to provide yes. to yeah. that market. I see. Um, what would you tell people who want to get into dairy? You, you've done this. You've done this from the bottom. You, you've started from being um, in Texas and just having extra milk. You've learned the, the, the craft. You've set up your own business. You're now a grade A dairy creamery. So do you have suggestions, recommendations for people who want to go into a small business of that sort? It's really, it's very fulfilling. We really have enjoyed it. Um, I would suggest using brown Swiss Jersey cows. You don't want to use Holstein. The, okay. the milk yield is so much better from... As far as the butter fat? Yes, the butter fat. You get, 
you get about we get about a pound and a half of cheese from a gallon of Jersey milk. If you were using Holstein milk, you get three quarters of a pound of cheese. So you really want to start with a good, high quality milk and be clean, very clean. And just quality is really of the utmost importance. If you have a batch that's not quite up to par, don't sell it. If you put it out there on the shelf and mm -hmm. customers get a bad taste in their mouth, it's going to give you be bad for your name. And you just mm -hmm. you have to really discipline yourself and only sell. Yes, to sell the, the best and have a high standard. That, that's probably the most important thing, being very clean with mm -hmm. the way you milk and the way you make the cheese. Well, thank you very much for talking to us today. It was wonderful to see your, your creamery and your shop. Thank well, you. Come out and see us anytime. We're here in Deary, 307 Main Street. Great. Oh, your website, too. Brush, just Brush Creek Creamery. Okay. Com. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, that's it for this show. We hope you'll tune into our next show when we'll be interviewing local meat producers. And as always, the views presented in this program do not necessarily represent the views of KRFP, its board, staff, or members. And remember that local food may not be free, but it sure can set you free. Thanks for listening. Oh, roll, pole, yeah.